3: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. michaelsflooringoutlet.com.
1: It's that time of
3: night, you can't stay up tight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling alright. He run over, not America. Over, not America.
4: You know, I should be happy right now because the United States beat Canada in the World Juniors hockey tournament and win gold. That is so nice that we got to hear that gold medal call on, uh, uh, you know, live in listening to what's going down in other parts of the world. You still have it saved, producer Mike. Let's listen to it one more time. It was so good. Let's do it. Taken by the U.S. They clear the zone. Why, but it doesn't matter. Once again, USA
3: Hockey wins the World Junior Championship. Red, white, blue, and gold.
4: That is so good. <laughs> wins the World Junior Championship. Red, white, blue, and gold. Oh, So good. And if only, if only, oh, man. I could feel happier about it, and I just can't right now, mostly because we have everything else going on in the world at the same time, virtually counteracting the good vibes, because Georgia looks like it's going to go for both of the Democrat challengers in the Senate seats. And it looks like they're going to be able to take that. There's a lot of areas that are still kind of toss up E, but all things considered. They say about 90% of the vote in, and the votes that are left are in predominantly heavy Biden areas. It looks like it's going to shift things back towards the Democrats to keep the lead, and that's going to be the end of that. Man, I'll let you know if anything changes between now and midnight, but it's just tough. I was not expecting this. I thought they would take at least one of the seats, but it's not looking good. Uh, I don't even know what to say right now. It just is depressing. I might as well just go on and do the rest of the show in depressed mode. 314. Isn't that a band? Depressed mode. 314 436 7900 that's the number. Or oh, depeche mode. That's ah, better, depressed. Eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. 925 1120 And I wanted to bring this up because there is an update out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. And one of the police officers, one of them that shot Jacob Blake in August will not be criminally charged. And that came down today. The officer, Rustin Sesky, could, uh, it says the officer who fired the shots, successfully argued self-defense before a jury because Blake had a knife, which was proven and sure. There's a lot of things that led up into that shooting of Jason Blake. And it's important to note all of the circumstances leading up to that because there were a call for police. Now, keep in mind, he wasn't supposed to be there. I think there was a pending If it was already in place or there was a pending um, order against him, he was not allowed to go see his girlfriend at that time because of things like domestic abuse and sexual assault. He shows up and she's terrified, calls the police, Uh, police show up. He's got a knife. They tell him to drop it. Um, He's packing the kid up in the car. He's got a knife. Police try to stop him. They tase him after he doesn't drop the knife or give up. The tase is ineffective. Normally, you know what that means. And then he tries to get into the car to take the kid away after he evaded and tried to break the arrest. And at that point, a police officer shot him. Now, he did have a weapon with a knife. And now they agreed with the officer. No charges because of that weapon there. And also, you need to take into consideration the, not only the, the the problems between him and the girlfriend and not being there and all of the other, the other history between the two of them, but taking the kid at a time like that, um, imagine if he was left to go, what could have happened to that kid? There could have been putting that child in an extremely dangerous situation. So there's also a consideration with that that needs to be taken into place. So Blake was armed with a knife. Bystander video was a little bit grainy, but you can hear the cop shouting, drop the knife. And even the grainy video shows there was something there. Couldn't quite tell exactly, but there was other um, instances where all of those things were documented properly. Uh, Blake survived the shooting. He was left paralyzed. Later, he pled out. There was a plea agreement. So the charges against him, there was an active felony warrant against him at the time. He was facing sexual assault, which is a felony, two misdemeanors, trespassing, disorderly conduct. And keep in mind that sexual assault thing happening from before. Later, he pled down and he's no other charges against him right now. Two misdemeanor counts of disorderly conduct involving domestic abuse. So he pled guilty to those two misdemeanors. Uh, State Department is looking into it, and which they had. That led into the other incidents that happened afterwards when there was some um, uh, riots that went down. And that led to the Kyle Rittenhouse incident. Now, that was the one where Kyle was there, I think, trying to help from a night before where he was cleaning up and trying to get the community back onto its feet. He was someone from Illinois, but he was up in Wisconsin. Keep in mind, he worked in kenosha even though he lived in illinois it was like a border state uh border city goes up there he's armed uh, assaulted and i think even shot at there's video proof of these things happening as he's being assaulted he's on the ground continuing to be assaulted he uses his rifle and shoots uh, multiple people ended up killing one uh actually two i believe maybe and another one was wounded so These things go down, and he pled not guilty today in court. And what they're doing in Kenosha is just getting ready to prepare for what might be happening next. I I, I tried to cover this, and I don't know how this is going to go. I do believe there's going to be a pretty strong case, considering the lawyers that Rittenhouse has in his defense right now. I think his lawyers are pretty high-profile lawyers that have defended other clients pretty successfully. And considering the video shows that not only was he being assaulted, but these people had weapons on them at the time, and he was even shot at. And when he was on the ground, he was being assaulted. And that was when he decided to fire his firearm. That's about as close. I mean, I I don't know how else you could look at that besides self-defense. And it's unfortunate the way things played out. And it's unfortunate that, He was put into a situation like that. It's unfortunate he had a weapon, but still, I think he's going to be able to successfully defend himself in this case. I think a lot of other people believe that, too. Um, I don't know how long that's going to take, but another high-profile case. He's currently out of jail. I think he was bailed out, so he's not waiting in jail for this whole process to play out. Um, That's where it's at, and that's some of the breaking news from today. just wanted to bring that out. Something else I wanted to talk about, KMOV did a story about some of the eviction moratoriums that are in place in the eviction backlog that we're seeing in St. Louis. In fact, there was one landlord they talked to in one house. They wanted to give an example of just how difficult things are right now for all parties considered. And wait till you see what this one landlord has to deal with, some nightmare tenants taking advantage of the situation. We'll do that coming up next. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier.
2: Siri, play
5: KMOX.
4: I really feel terrible for this one landlord that's featured on this V story as they investigate the unintended consequences of COVID-19 and the eviction moratorium. Uh, Shant- Shanty Clay is a landlord in Jennings. And I'm looking at the video that KMOV has posted on their website, and all the homes look exactly identical, just straight down the road, every single home, one after another. So it's kind of hard to distinguish one from the other. But on the inside, I'm going to guess that none of the other homes look this ripped up and terrible. It is just disgusting what the tenants have done inside. And she's just frustrated because she can't kick them out. They continue to destroy this thing and take advantage of all the problems with COVID-19 and knowing that they can't be kicked out of their home. There's a huge backlog for evictions right now. Listen to some of the frustration she has, and I think you'll start to feel for what a lot of people have to go through.
2: I have a situation now where a young lady rented our home and it turned to children. And what we've discovered is that There are three additional adults living in home, along with six or maybe even seven additional kids. So, our property has been destroyed.
0: Clay told me she's sympathetic to the economic blow many are facing, but she says this situation is different.
2: We have tenants that are also fully aware that our hands are tied.
0: After a repairman told Clay the inside of her property was trashed, Clay showed up to inspect. The woman on the lease wasn't home, but others let her inside. She took this video showing piles of garbage,
4: doors taken off the hinges. You know what it looks like? It looks like if you've ever been onto an abandoned property where the homeless are just kind of camping out. You go in there, I mean, it's just a complete mess, and the walls are all in terrible condition. Who knows what's on them? I don't even want to imagine. You know, if they did one of those shows where they brought the blacklight in, you ever see that on like the CSIs? They're like, all right, we're going to see if we can find any fluids. If they were to put a black light camera into that house, the thing could be seen from space. Oh, did it just look disgusting in there? Doors taken off the hinges,
0: writing all over the walls, a destroyed bathroom, light fixtures knocked off the ceilings, and more. And so there
4: was black mold growing up the wall. You know that house in Animal House? You remember that movie from, was it the 70s? The John Belushi film? When you were to when you saw the interior shots of the actual animal house what you know, the house that every night they would party and destroy, that is actually cleaner than this one home. The photos and the video that they took inside of this rental.
2: Along with trash, it almost looked as if if our place was abandoned. So, you
4: know, raccoons live in better conditions than what was inside of this house right there. Raccoons live in better conditions.
2: Not only are we are they behind in rent. They've completely destroyed our, our property.
4: Place it. Yeah, and how can a kid live in a property like they're talking about? Kids that live there, how could they do that? I, I I really feel for it, and I know that there's probably teachers in some areas. If you're in Jennings or some of these other places, some of these rougher areas where these kids come in, and they probably tell you stories as a teacher, and you think, I just can't believe this. This is just. it it breaks your heart some of these conditions.
0: She saw multiple mattresses on the floor where others could sleep. But in St. Louis County, this administrative order, because of COVID, prevents landlords like Clay from evicting tenants. Clay says she and her husband upgraded the home and provided pictures to prove it before her tenant, Betty Phillips, moved in. So Clay called the city of Jennings.
4: The city deemed the structure unfit for human occupancy. Yeah, no kidding. Raccoons wouldn't even go Into something like that. If you've ever seen like a hoarder house where they house about, you know, 80 cats and it looks like that uh, they have a kennel license for dogs, too. You might as well. It doesn't look quite that bad where there's just there's just not a bunch of like animal feces just caked into the ground or anything like it. But it does look bad. But it also looks like one of those homes where if you were to show up that they would take the kids immediately. That's the type of house it looks like. And rightfully so, you think, for the best interest of the children or even the animals. If animal control showed up and they had a bunch of animals, they'd probably take them, too, because it's not even fit for animals to live in. It's it's just bad. Um, So that's what they were showing here.
0: But Clay says her tenant was given the chance to clean up the mess. I asked the woman claiming to be Philip's sister about it. She says the property's been trashed. The city of Jennings deemed it uninhabitable at one point. And she provided a lot of pictures.
1: She said that's, that the place was trash, but when the city came out here, they said it was their fault.
0: It's whose fault? The landlord's. How is it the landlord's fault? I
4: don't know. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> like, I don't know. You investigate that. <laughs> oh, come on. It's completely trash in there. Oh, it's the landlord's fault for it being trashed. Oh, this is so bad. I definitely feel for the landlords here. Uh, in this case, and how bad is it that you own personal property? You have this property. It is your property. You are the owner of it. And you have an agreement with an individual that states if they cannot uphold their end of the bargain that, that they have to leave. That, that's part of the agreement. And the government stepping in and saying, well, you're not allowed to enforce that contract. In fact, you're not allowed to tell them to get out of your property, something that you own and you should have control over. And on top of all of that, there is no plan for repayment. So you know you're going to have a difficult time trying to recoup some of these expenses as they decide not to pay and take advantage of the situation. It's a no-win situation. Really, it's no-win. If you were had a good relationship with your landlord and you were going through hard times and you, and you talked to your landlord and said, hey, uh, I don't want to do this, but this is what I have to do. It's a completely different scenario than what is going on here with this one property. Take
1: that up with Betty when she get here. I'll let her know what's going on. I'm
0: gone. So Clay called Betty Phillips. Phillips wasn't happy. I'm trying to
2: figure out why the news and all that in my house with my kids and stuff, but like that's invading my privacy.
0: And then this happened.
2: So you and your kids did the amount of damage that I've recorded yeah. and have shared with you. Yeah, they did. I got a so, year year old. So- and eight year old. So, so you're admitting to me? Hold
4: on, I have a three-year-old and an eight-year-old. Is that typical behavior of a three and eight-year-old? My son is six. He's never tried to rip the door off the hinges or tried to completely destroy the house. But then again, I think we care a little bit more about uh, his actions than to allow him to do something like that. And then an eight-year-old? My goodness, this is just. Okay, blame the kids, all right? Yeah, you're going to blame the kids for their behavior like you have no control over them or have no say in what's going on. What does that say about you as a parent? Man. It's
2: that I've recorded yeah, and have shared with Yeah, they did. I got a so, eight-year-old so, and an year old so, so you're admitting did, to me. They said it was your problem to think. Like mold that's going and then a still a fan don't fail. And the mirror on the bathroom just said, if you doing this bitch, bro, come on now. have this was put together. Oh, okay. Come on now, man. Make this.
4: Clay isn't the only one facing a difficult situation. This is just so disgraceful. What a disgrace. And you feel for the kids. You're like, man, it's not their fault. It, it's not their fault that they're in this situation, but this is not good. Something's got to turn around. And it's not the landlord's responsibility to have to deal with um, the, the the problems of the parenting. But then, then the, they're just stuck in that. And they're forced to. Governments are forcing them to just let it ride out. Wow. According to St. Louis
0: County courts, there is a backlog of 350 eviction judgments, and it doesn't sound like evictions will be allowed anytime soon. According to the courts, it's partly to protect sheriff's deputies from COVID. Normal court proceedings will occur in three phases. A spokesperson for St. Louis County says, we won't carry out evictions until phase two. And we are now in phase zero.
2: My message is to have more of a balanced approach. Consider the impact on landlords. It really feels as if that a lot of people, again, there's this misperception that we have all of these additional resources that we can go back in. This is a part of our livelihood. So someone took the blood, sweat, and tears that my husband and I put into upgrading this property for granted.
0: When I called Phillip, she declined to be recorded over the phone, but she told me she and her kids are the only ones that live at the property. Oh
4: boy. I don't know. You got a lot of beds in that place just from that one video that was shared. And imagine if anything, any type of property that is being rented out, vehicles, like let's say a vehicle lease and you get behind, what are they, they're very quick to come repo those things. But Imagine if there's a moratorium on that and what the vehicles would just be drove to the ground. Um, all of these different things, you know, are it's going to be a complete mess. And I don't know how the court system's ever going to try to catch up to these things. And then again, what happens in the city of St. Louis or the county or whatever, when they're sympathetic and they say, oh, boy, we're not going to enforce these or we're not going to collect on these things. Kind of like with the deadbeat dad situation. You got the people that advocate that, hey, if you're back on child support, your obligation to your children. uh, No, we're going to let that slide. We're not going to enforce that. We're not going to try to put that through because, you know, um the kids are secondary to whatever the problems of the dad may be. So we're going to let that slide too. The the, the whole, Don't forget, we ran through this whole deadbeat dad thing. I wonder if they're going to try to pull the same garbage when it comes to tenants that destroy properties leave and don't allow them to be held responsible because you don't want to uh, put them in a worse situation. I wonder if it's going to be one of those deals. But she added
0: some family members stay with her from time to time. She blames some of the damage on Clay. But in the end, a couple weeks after our phone call, she left the property on her own. She
2: sent me a text message saying that they're going to get out of my house. But I really do think all the attention that we brought on the place and the condition of her living and the destruction of our property,
0: she chose to leave. Clay considers herself lucky. She got her home back without having to wait for evictions to continue. But she also feels unlucky as well. It looks like a
4: bomb was thrown in here. News 4 was... That's to say it lightly. I mean, at this point, you might as well say, hey, anyone want to squat, you might as well. It's not going to get any worse at this point. Go at it. (sighs)
0: <sighs> with her, as she stumbled through the mess, she's now responsible for. Not only did the previous tenant abandon two cars in the driveway and Ugh. leave the home looking like a dumping ground, we found garbage, televisions, food, and all kinds of costly repairs. The doors to the cabinet are over here
2: on the side. And who takes a
0: bathroom door down? Clay hopes her story will shine a light on a policy that's intended. Who takes
4: a bathroom door down? Wait a minute. So were you all using the bathroom with no Door, (laughs) oh man! (laughs) You're living like animals. Looking at a place like this, it's so terrible. So KMOV does this investigation. I wonder how many more properties are like this. Oh, is it just? It's so bad, so bad. I I watch this as a as a caution. And it what it says to me is: never own a rental property. Period. Ever. Stay out of that game. It's not worth playing. Alright, we'll take a look at your weather coming up in a moment. It's Overnight America, KMOX.
5: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply selling a little or a lot to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
3: all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals.
4: Welcome back. It's Overnight America. Only about 20 minutes or so live tonight, and then after midnight, the replay hours, where there was just a little bit of hope in my voice because there was still a chance that the Republicans could win tonight, but it doesn't look like it now. Uh, for the next 20 minutes, I'm just going to do this... Uh, uh, 98% of the results are in, um, pretty close 50, 50 down the line, but the votes that they haven't counted are predominantly Democrat areas. And it looks like that they will take it. So, uh, all signs are pointing to them taking it. Uh, I just 20 minutes of this. I hope you can stand it. I can barely myself. I might as well take a couple of moments to go through some of the stories I had prepared. And then in between those stories, you'll just hear me give some moments of groaning, knowing that the uh, two Senate seats in Georgia are going to go to Democrats. Uh, uh, all right. Here's a couple of stories about coronavirus. In L.A., it's getting so bad right now that if you have a imminent Problem, something that is not looking good. You call a nine one one, an ambulance comes and picks you up. They're being told that if, if in Los Angeles, if their discretionary or their gut feeling is they're not going to make it, then don't bother going to the hospital. That's what they're saying. Um, so this is from the Mercury News. I think this is in San Jose. No, this might be in L.A., but it says amid the devastating COVID-19 surge, L.A. County ambulance crews told not to transport patients with little chance of survival. I, I Don't you like the idea that the person that's going to be showing up to your door is going to be the one that determines if you're going to live or die? Doesn't that scare you a little bit? Doesn't, isn't that sad that your driver? It's, it's, it's not good. And that's how bad things are getting. You think that when we talk about things like um, uh, what's that, the death panels we talked about with Obamacare, where there would be people that would look at it and say, well, the likelihood of you coming out of this plus your age equals we're not going to waste our money on this procedure. So we're going to allow you to just ride out the rest of your time, the risk of not getting The most out of this transplant or this procedure whatever it is not really worth putting you through it so we're going to make that decision for you have a good life of what's left if you have any left see you later and that was the fear that a lot of different people had when we talked about socializing the medicine here in the united states because modeling it off of other countries where these sort of things and these decisions happen were scary to a lot of people who had private insurance or insurance choices and the decisions that they can make for their own. You take the United States and you say, we're going to remove your ability to have a choice of the matter when it comes to uh, your doctors. You remember the whole thing was if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor and that didn't work out. But that's what it was moving towards. And now in a point of an emergency, we're seeing something similar to that. We're seeing that if you don't have a chance or maybe they perceive you don't have a chance. Who knows if they know how to properly diagnose you, but let's just say that they can. Um, They're telling you not to go to a hospital. It's not good. Not good. Think of it this way, too. Do you think that perhaps that some of these companies could be liable if they refuse to take you and even give you a chance and then you end up actually dying because of that? Uh, They may say, oh, they were going to die anyway, but you take away that chance and that service and what they'll probably send you a bill anyway, right? They'll probably come to your house. They'll say, oh, we're not taking you to the hospital. You're dying anyway. We'll we'll, we'll send you the invoice in the mail. See you later. (laughs) Charge you for their service to let you die on your own property. Then maybe, I guess, you have to go and try to drive your own loved one or anything like that. Uh, So that's going on in Los Angeles. Let's just be lucky it's not happening here in the St. Louis metropolitan area. There was another survey that was done. And they said, have you spent the pandemic talking to yourself? If you live alone, you're not alone, meaning that a lot of people have been talking to themselves and you're not crazy for doing it. Many self-talkers worry that they are going a little bit out of their mind, but no one is there to say that they are. In fact, and this is pretty common, they say, a psychology professor at Durham, uh, Durham University and author of The Voices Within says that research shows people talk out loud more when they're under stress or facing different cognitive challenges and it could be helpful for any age but particularly children when solving puzzles or other tasks i like it when i ask my son hey uh, math question let's see I'll, i'm gonna quiz you some math questions and i'll give him a math question and he'll stop and think about it he doesn't say it out loud but if i interrupt him you'll say quiet I need I need to you got to be quiet I'm going to solve this and he puts it into his head for a six-year-old in kindergarten he's pretty advanced when it comes to math and I'm really proud of him for these things but he's working these things through he hasn't started talking to himself yet I talk to myself sometimes in fact I feel like I talk to myself about four hours a night because I'm sitting in my basement doing the show even though I know you're there listening let's go to Danny welcome to Overnight America Danny
6: Oh thank you uh yeah you have a good show going tonight I was just going to uh weigh in about the election um I don't think the New York Times should uh declare that the Democrats are practically winners you know or or close enough to nearly just say they're calling it or something you know or practically calling it or however they're phrasing it but uh but uh, because they, they need to really process these these mail in ballots and uh, they they made you know they changed some laws there in, in Georgia and I think they should uh, c- continue to investigate these uh, it, see if the signatures match and 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 various things about the the ballots. I was going to see you know start a conversation with you about that a little bit. But.
4: Yeah, it depends. It really does depend how close it is because there could be hypothetically a, another recount if it's within a margin, but I don't think it will be based on the number of votes that are left. They mentioned during one of the press conferences that there are overseas ballots for well, military men and women that need to be counted, but that's like only 16,000. So it wouldn't be enough either way. You think um, there's there, there
6: supposedly a lot of military people that live in Georgia. They've always said, you know, they've always, you know, kind of made that a known fact and uh, it's kind of hard. It's just hard, hard for me to believe that they're kind of, you know, what I consider kind of the in the Bible Belt, and you know, and that that's a good thing to, to me. But uh, to be called that or whatever, but uh, that they would uh, go for this Raphael that that you know that 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 says you can't really serve God and be in the military at the same time, and these various radical statements that he's made and things like that. I mean, it's kind a little hard for me to 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 to, to believe that uh that many Georgians and 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 with George Clooney these Hollywood people that came in and said everybody just go go to and and, and they'll count your vote in Georgia because they they made it practically impossible to disprove these these ballots and if 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 if, if, they, if they if they keep trying to you know if, if if some of these you know people like you know I don't, you know uh, uh I I can't think of her name right now but uh, uh the, that are real Republican, um, you know, advocates and everything would would just keep making an issue out of these ballots uh, uh, in lawsuits or whatever it takes. And then maybe even a convention of the state eventually if it comes down to that. I know that's that's kind of far-fetched, you know, to get two-thirds of the states. But I'm saying that's at least one remedy that that you could challenge all this.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Danny. I appreciate it. Yeah, there are things that I'm sure could happen after the fact. I just don't know what it's going to look like. Apparently, uh, Warnock is giving a speech at the moment, and he says, Georgia, I am honored, basically declaring victory without declaring it. This is what someone just posted on Twitter. Uh, Perry Bacon Jr. posted that one. Let's go to Ed. Welcome to Overnight America.
1: Rand, thank you very much. As you were describing California, I started thinking of all the movies and movie scripts in our lifetime. That wrote this exactly what's happening today, you know, all the way back to the black and whites, and then the silent green, and then the the one with Dustin Hoffman. Uh, they predicted. I mean, somebody predicted. Somebody knew what was going to happen, and uh, they they've come pretty close. And that. What was, was the Dustin
4: Hoffman one you were talking about?
1: Well, it, it's the one where where the. Uh, the, the virus started in a, a, a village in uh, Africa, I believe, and they went over there and then came back. And uh, it, it was a good one. This is about uh, 20 years ago. Uh, and then the Silent Green wasn't quite a uh, pandemic, although we don't know. But there have just been so many that uh, have nailed what's, go- what's going on now.
4: Are you thinking of Tootsie?
1: No, 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 no. This <laughs> I'm was, just kidding. Uh, no, no, that's good. I mean, and we need that. We need that. I give you, I give you, a, I give you a
4: nine. <laughs> All right, let's see. I'm going through some of his movies. Yeah. Was it in the yeah. 90s or 80s? Do you know what uh, decade, roughly? I believe it
1: was in the 90s, and uh, the gal who was in uh, The Last Thomas Crown Affair.
4: Now, this is Ooh. getting interesting. She Outbreak was, she was, he was, was in. Does that sound yeah. right? Yeah,
1: okay. she was uh, mm. she was infected. Um Holy cow! We don't need this in reality, do we? We, we you know, no.
4: it's okay in the movies. It's okay in the movies that we should leave it there. all right, Ed. Thank you very much for your call. <laughs> you. Wow! Yeah, leave it and leave it for the movies, please. Uh, John's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
7: Hey Ryan, it's John, buddy. Hey, thanks for your voice. I'm a little worried about you. It's good to hear you laugh. Hey, uh, yeah, don't I, jump Nita's off the ledge. We're, we're going to make it here. I mean, it's Trump. Look, we had Trump for four years. We'll get someone back in line. It's, it's still the greatest country in the world. Hang in there. It's hard right now. If we made it through eight years with Obama, we can make it through another four. Just hang in yeah, there, man. So, Don't jump off the ledge. We'll be all right.
4: All right. We're not. Uh, there's no jumping going on. It's just to to watch it play in front of you, knowing the way it's going to go. It's not a good feeling. It's like well, sure you, it's not, you but, lose I mean, control your of your car and your are It's like you lost control of your car on the ice and you're heading right towards that pole and you're thinking, oh, I'm not looking forward to that impact.
7: Yeah, but maybe you're going to get a new car.
4: (laughs) Thanks, John. (laughs) You want a bright side to look at it. (laughs) You might get a new car. You might break your arm, but uh, hey, think people will sign your cast. So that's a plus. Yeah, all your friends will sign your cast, Uh, but then it'll be itchy. But then again, uh, when it comes out, your arm will look thinner. So that's a big plus. It's, you know, looking on the bright side here. I'm having a hard time for looking at the bright side. This is Overnight America KMOX.
3: Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by
4: Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Let me read this out loud. And I think this may be the feeling a lot of other people have text message says these election results hurt more than the cubs winning the world series (sighs) yeah i hear you i hear you james is holding the line welcome to overnight america
8: hey mr wrecker um just want to let everybody out there listening you do know there is going to be a civil war coming to this country relatively soon I mean, mm, I
2: don't
8: know. we can't, we can't, we now, no, listen to me. Now listen to me. This country can't function like it, like it's going. Now we got to have this out. We got to bust knuckles with these people. We got to have this thing out and it's going to be bloody. It's going to be a lot of people are going to be lost, but we can't let this, we can't let this go on like this. This country can't function. Are you crazy? Are you people out there listening to me? This country cannot function the way it's going settled it so
4: what do you think so if you believe it's coming what do you think triggers it
8: oh i think what just happened tonight i think when these uh people uh take over the senate uh the communists and that's what they are and i hope every communist out there is listening to me right now because we know who you are and we know what your game you're going to play they're going to try and come get our guns mr wrecker they're going to try and cut off our first amendment rights. They're already doing it right now. They said they're going to do it. All these things they've said they're going to do. So why is it a surprise when this, when this stuff comes up now, either you're going to fight these people in the streets. That's the only thing they know. That's the only thing they understand. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can sit back and you can wish it away.
4: I, you know, that's the thing I, unless someone comes and physically starts violence against me, I just don't see myself going out there wanting to, uh, what do you say, get your knuckles bloody for something like this, losing an election in Georgia. I, I just don't see, I think there's a lot more people like me out there that don't want it to come to things like that, and it won't because of that.
8: Well, let me, let me tell you this, Mr. Recker. You either, um, this country, you either um, can vote through the ballot, and if the ballot's taken away from you and stolen, then you're going to have to vote through the
6: bullet.
4: Mm, all right. Thanks, James. I, I think that might be a little dramatic here. It's, I think there's a lot of emotions that go down when we think about losing to progressive ideology, the ones that say they want to push you so far into the opposite direction that even those that are, I guess, classical liberals or Democrats in the sense, look at it and say, man, that's even crazy to me. But we we find that there normally are people willing to fight back through ideology and not fight back through violence. And I don't think that unless it hits your doorstep, um, you're going to see a civil war. But I think that might be a little dramatic. Let's go to Mark, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
7: Yeah, good evening. How are you? besides why is this so worrying to you that what do you think the democrats are going to do that's going to really you know make you jump off the arch i'm curious
4: (laughs) (laughs) what do i think could happen when there's a a shift in balance i guess in the senate um I think that what you're going to see is that all of the progressive voices are going to be legitimized because then they'll have a chance at pushing through the things that they've tried in the past that even those reasonable people would say, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I I think what you're going to find is that even some of the grounds that were made during the past four years because of the Republican control in the Senate will have no chance of happening until uh, there's another Opportunity for Republicans to flip some seats. So when I look at this and I think, well, if there's no backstop, so the Democrats control the House and the Democrats have enough power in the tiebreaker in the Senate, and they have the White House, then there is no there is no ability for um, Republicans to put their put their feet down to anything. They're pretty much helpless a lot of the times, unless there's a Democrat that flips over, which rarely happens. They're in unity. They're locked in step in in, uh, unity in that sense. So anytime a progressive idea is brought up from um, it's going to be taken seriously, that's what scares me.
7: Okay, well, you have moderate Democrats uh, like uh, the woman in Maine, the guy in West Virginia, that they're not going to be able to vote. For these progressive ideas that you call, well, as you call them, because it'll cost them their Senate seats, and you know, most of my life, I'm 63. It was a Democrat, uh, Democratic Congress and a Democratic Senate, and uh, you know, it wasn't until uh, the Newt Gingrich and the Republican Revolution that we had a Congress in my lifetime that was Republican. And, you know, we've managed to survive these type of things. I get it like this yeah. guy that, you know, bullets are ballots. Okay. People, they don't know history. We've been, you know, they don't remember a civil war and we survived that. Um, we survived, you know, we survived world war two, a depression. I mean, you know, And they say, well, you know, fake news. Well, muckraker newspapers, you know, in the at the turn of the century, all, you know, up until the 50s, you know, they they all had their sides. It's you know, it's no different than it was now than it was then. CNN, Fox News, you had the Post-Dispatch and you had the Globe Democrat, you know, and they all had their ideas. And
1: uh, you know,
7: what side they were on. And mm-hmm. we'll strive this. It, it, people forget the Supreme Court's available, uh, which it's a conservative mm-hmm. Supreme Court now. So certain laws that aren't, you know that'll be taken there. Uh, my biggest worry is that both parties now are ruled by their extremes because that's you know, the people that go to all the uh, primaries, they're the on the far end. You know, they're the hmm. ones that are out there voting. The average uh, Republican Democrat, they're not going to go to the primary. You know, they don't, they don't do it.
4: Maybe. Yeah. Well, Mark, we got to go. We're running out of time. But thanks for calling in. You mentioned one thing there, a uh, 64 Democrat. I'll, I'd take a Kennedy Democrat any day of the week if given the option if we compare it to some of the progressive ones that we've seen. That does it for us here on Overnight America tonight. The replay hours are here and ready to go. We'll be back again tomorrow. It could be even a crazier day tomorrow with the Electoral College objections. And it's probably going to be going late into the night, so you're you're not going to want to miss the show tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your night if you can. Enjoy the replay hours. We'll see you tomorrow.